What if I told you that the key to the growth, and I'm talking about the scalable growth of your company, has nothing to do with your marketing. It has nothing to do with your sales. It has nothing to do with your operations. That, yeah, you can focus on even on the strategies. Don't even look at the tactics. Even the strategies that we teach you, you can focus on those and they will still fail if you don't pay attention to this one thing. That's what we're going to talk about today on The Growth Engineer. I know it's a really big topic and it's a really big, bold promise. But Dean, I know you know, what is that one thing that holds all business owners back? Look in the mirror. It's ourselves, right? It's ourselves. We are the limiting factor to our businesses. And I love the way you said that. It's not the strategies. It's not the tactics. You could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars with the biggest consulting firms in the world, and they'll give you all of the best tools that they've seen, generate millions of dollars of revenue, and you can fall flat on your face. Because the limiting factor isn't all of that stuff. It's us. It's us. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is how can we expand our belief of the possible, our vision of the possible, right? It's great to read a book. It's great to watch a video. But how can you experience that to the point where you really not just believe it? Because this is not just woo-woo stuff. This is actually the ability to expand yourself so your business can grow too. There's an old management adage, right? No business will rise above the, the level of its leadership. Yes. Now, whether that's you're in the middle of the systems, you're the only thing that people sell, or you're just limiting everything because you're a control freak, <laughs> whatever it may be, it still starts with us. That's where we're going to focus today. Lots of stuff to go over. Yes. You know, it was a few months ago, and I was in a group, and I was having a conversation. And the conversation we were having, because one of the things that we talk about in this group is bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. And... I was discussing the bottleneck that I was having. And one of the people in the group said, just like they cut me off. And they said, Atiba, you are the bottleneck. All this stuff that you're talking about to try to fix this, no, it's you. You are the bottleneck. And it's one of those things, and you just said it, Dean, and and I want to reiterate it for everyone to hear. If you don't realize that you are the bottleneck in your business, then your business is way more stagnated and in a lot more trouble than you realize right now. Yeah. The first step is recognizing that you're the bottleneck. Right? Mm-hmm. But let's say we've gotten to that place. Let's say we've, we've admitted that to ourselves. How do we not become the bottleneck? And how do we remove ourselves? That's what I should say. How do we remove ourselves as the bottleneck in our businesses? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you touched on the first step, right, is, is recognition. I think that's really, really important. And, and not being defensive about that. It's just what it is, right? And it's not yeah. something necessarily you can change in five minutes. Maybe you can in your business. But generally speaking, it, it's an iterative process, a growth process. So I think that's step one. Uh, step two is being around people mm. that have Im- eliminated similar bottlenecks and challenges in their business. 
right? There's a, again, another adage. I, I don't remember the exact way it, it said, but it's basically you are like the people, you, the five people the five you spend people the most time with, right? Yeah. And of course, that's part of your family and your kids and your spouse and your friends. But, but hold on, Dean. Dean you don't spend, I'm, a, I'm, a biz, I'm a business owner, Dean. I just spend time around my staff, Dean. I don't have time. What are you, what are you talking about? I work 12 <laughs> hours a day, Dean. What are you talking about, the five people? It's my staff. It is. But that's not by design. That's by circumstance. So think about okay. it. If you're intentional about who you spend the most time with and the most quality time with and the most intentional time with, that dynamic changes. You're always going to spend time with your staff and your team, uh, your staff and your family, right? We know that. But you have to be intentional about spending time with the people that you aspire to be like. And my guess is that in most cases, your staff are still growing. And they're growing at a rate. They're in their journey that's behind you. That's why you're the mm -hmm. owner and their staff. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's great. They need to spend time with you so they can expand. But you have to do the same. So hmm. masterminds is a tool that we've all heard about and many of us have been a part of. It's one great tool that you can use to expand yourself and to eliminate those, help start to eliminate those roadblocks or even identify those roadblocks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Masterminds, I've seen them. Aren't they just big money grabs for famous people who <laughs> want you to just hang around with them and just give them money so that you can feel cool that you're in the same room with a big name? They can be. Absolutely. Right? They can be. And those have limited use, I think, in the practical world, right? Unless you want to just Instagram with the person, right? And so there, to your point, right, there's lots of versions of masterminds. There are the free group of business owners that get together and hang out for every week and all every month, and they talk about business. Typically, those are very unstructured. It's a glorified networking group. Those are okay. Those are okay. And they're going to serve a purpose. And then there's the high ticket, fancy Hollywood events you go to. That's the other end of the spectrum. Masterminds that I, I'm talking about and the ones that I've experienced the most growth and honestly the most discomfort because discomfort and growth often come together, right, are the masterminds where you've got a facilitator, a leader, someone that's guiding the conversations, keeping people on track, but I would say I've been in those groups as well where they haven't been beneficial. And what I realized was I'm in a different place in my business journey, my growth journey, than the other peers in the group. And I found myself that I was always a few chapters ahead. Yeah. And I love helping. That's why we do this, right? We want to give yeah. advice and help and guide and be part of that. But I wasn't getting anything back. And while they, we had a great facilitator, he wasn't adding any value to the conversation either. So I, I, I removed myself from that group. But I was, it, it was a great learning experience because it helped me understand the pulling together of the right members is the key. It's really the truth. I think that's where the most value from the leader of the group comes in. Yep. Get the right people in the room, make sure they're having the right conversations, and then the magic can happen. Yep, yep. Uh, and that's such a, a very valuable point about when we're looking at masterminds, right? Because they're really, and it's an evaluation of where you are right now as well in your business, mm -hmm. okay? 
I'll take it one step further and say there are times in business where you're in a place where you don't even know the questions that you should ask. You know, I've got issues and I can just about articulate the issue. And that's about as far as I can go. Okay. Then there are other times where you've got issues and you know how to articulate the issues very, very well. Now, when you're looking at a mastermind, there are two things that are happening in a mastermind. And Dean, you touched on them. There is the leader or leaders, depending on the, of the mastermind, and what the value is that they're adding from the stage. And if you're in a place where I don't even know the questions to ask, then you're looking for a mastermind where that value from stage is going to help guide you to the questions you need to ask and teach you the things you need to, to, to learn. Okay. If you can't stand, then you're looking for a mastermind where I can learn to stand versus, okay, I've gotten to a place where I can stand and I can ask the questions. Then, as you said, it becomes about who's in the room. Yeah. It's yeah. less about what's coming from the stage and more about who's around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's more about who's around you. It, it, it is. And so I think you have to evaluate what do you need. Yes. If you have identified to some level the types of challenges you're trying to overcome, the problems you're trying to solve, that will help guide you to select the right group. And, and maybe a free, you know, sort of low-pressure group is okay. Maybe a more expensive uh, structured group is perfect. You have to figure that piece out. But I do think that, I measure the value of a group by the cumulative experience in the room, mm-hmm. right? Leader or no, the people in the room, because I don't want people to say, here's what I think you should do if I bring a problem. And they've never solved that problem themselves. No. They're just guessing. They're just winging it. Yeah. So that is the strength of having a strong leader is to say, have you, anybody around this table, solved this Direct problem? experience, yes. Direct experience. And I only speak to that. We can brainstorm all day long, theoretically, but what's worked, or in some cases, what hasn't worked for you is important. So that's, again, being really clear on the kind of group and the kind of um, uh, support that you need. Yeah. So and you kind of touched on this already, but I want you to be very, very clear on this. Is it okay to leave a mastermind group? Yeah. Caviar is why. If you're leaving a group because they're pushing you. And they're making you uncomfortable. Making you uncomfortable. And you're just avoiding pain. Then just acknowledge it. You're stuck where you are. And if you're okay with that's where your life and business is, okay, that's cool. Maybe entrepreneurship isn't your bag, right? But if you're leaving the group because you're not getting what you need, then you need to immediately find another group. Don't hang out in no man's land for too long because what happens then is we go right back to this vacuum of trying to run a business between our ears and we get stagnant really quick. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, just like anything in in life, I think you've got to constantly evaluate what's bringing value and adding value to your life. Is there value to being in multiple masterminds and for different 
purposes. I'll give you an example. Is there value to being in a mastermind group that's very strategic, that is very structured, and that has people who are working on the same path, right? Different business models, but same similar path and implementing a similar systems within their business and growing and dealing with similar challenges and growth and strategy. Is there value to also being in a group that focuses a lot more on tactics? Yeah, yeah that's a great question. I would say be cautious to overstretch and overcommit. So overcommitting to, you know, some masterminds are hours and hours a week. Others are an hour a month, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that commitment of time to showing up because I think that's key is you've got to show up. You've got to be focused and dedicated while you're there. So that's one part of the commitment. The other is good masterminds should create action in you. And so if you've got three or four things you need to do from this mastermind and two or three things from this one and you promise you got to have the bandwidth and brain power to execute. Right. So I would say just be cautious to, of overcommitment. Typically, overcommitment leads to stagnation because we don't do anything. We don't know where to start, what to do. Like, holy cow, I'm just, right. just going to go watch Netflix. Right? <laughs> that ain't, ain't going get to you, get you where you want to be. So I would say be cautious of being around more. I mean, I'm in a couple of masterminds. One of them is much more around strategic partnerships, referral relationships. One is much more strategic about driving my business. So because they function differently in my world, I can handle those two. Very different. But to have two very strategic action-oriented masterminds might be a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What would you take on that? No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, it's one of those things where you can overmeet yourself. Right. And being so many meetings uh, for your mass and you get absolutely nothing done and or you end up with competing suggestions or competing yeah, priorities. Um, yeah, yeah. priorities. And, and then then what? Who wins then? And so I do think it's very, very important to understand where you are in your business and what it is that you need. So like for me, I am in a very strategic mastermind because that's what I love. Right. And I'm looking at one that's more tactic-based. And guess what? The reason I'm going over there is because of who's in the room. Yeah. Not for the tactics that are on stage. It's actually about the people in the room because those people are major movers and shakers. It's the relationships, yeah. And I'm going to build a relationship with them. Okay? So understanding what it is you want as the outcome determines which and how many masterminds you can join, mm -hmm. okay? And let's also look at this, because we, we started this by, by talking about, so I want to come all the way full circle, that this is about personal growth. Totally. And yeah. you touched on the, on the challenge. Like, if you're not feeling challenged, if you're not feeling, if you go to a mastermind and don't feel uncomfortable, it's not the right room for you. You need to feel uncomfortable and you need to welcome that feeling because here's the deal. There's a creation cycle that happens in everything. And in that creation cycle, it's very simple. Nothing can be created without something being destroyed. <laughs> right. Nothing. You want to scrambled eggs? Guess what? You just ruined a perfectly good egg. You want a masterpiece work of art? You just ruined a perfectly blank canvas. Nothing can be created without something else being 
destroyed. So you can't grow and your growth directly is parallel with your business's growth. Your business won't grow. You won't grow if you won't be comfortable or uncomfortable rather. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so choose groups where you're going to feel uncomfortable. Right. I get it. It's nice and it's fun. And I've been in those groups too. And I've paid to be in those groups and realize I was wrong where you show up and you're the hero. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And everyone's like, woo, so-and-so is here. Yay. And that feels great. But it's a waste of your time. If you're talking about actually working to scale your business. Yeah, totally right. Totally right. So I'll give you an example and a bit of a shameless plug here. So over the last decade, I've done a lot of work as a fractional chief revenue officer and chief marketing officer for high growth professional services and tech companies. Before Even before fractional was even a thing, yep. I was doing the work. And it's just the nature of kind of the consulting work that I was doing. And those an roles- OG fractional. OG, man, I tell you. And those roles actually pushed me a lot and made me uncomfortable because I came from a more traditional consulting model, project, delivery, outcome, move on, mm-hmm. right? And so now I'm in these roles and what am I driving? I'm driving strategy. Mm-hmm. I've elevated my conversation with the CEO and the board and the investors to get them away from talking about tactics and focusing on strategy. And of course, we know strategy drives the business. Yes. And so that's what these fractional C-level um, roles are all about. And so I've created a mastermind to help people, marketing consultants, small marketing agencies, sales consultants, anybody in that space if they're stuck, or should I say comfortable, in selling and executing around tactics, it's time to take make a move. It's time to change. And that's what this mastermind is about, helping them reposition themselves, stretch their mind, and think about positioning themselves as strategists. And quite honestly, as a strategist, you solve bigger problems, yep. you get to charge much bigger fees, and it takes far less of your time right? It works. So I've stepped on a whole bunch of landmines in the last 10 years in marketing, selling, and working these types of engagements. And that's what I'm going to teach in the mastermind. So I'm the strong leader, like we described, right? I'm going to share my wisdom, but the room is filled with amazing experts that can share their experiences as well. Because some people have been in these roles unintentionally or are pursuing these opportunities, but I haven't closed them or have closed some. So it's amazing. It's an amazing experience to go through. So that's the sort of mastermind that I like to create and run. And we've seen huge success from these kinds of models. That's awesome. And, and you see there in hearing Dean just now, when you're looking uh, at a mastermind, he also gave you the framework um, of how to evaluate a mastermind. Okay. Who are they looking to attract? And this is everything we've been talking about so far. Who are they looking to attract? Okay. What are they looking to teach? What is the framework that they're, and and their expertise in that framework? And what is the promise or the outcome that they're giving? 
evaluate there and see how that matches where you are. And if it matches where you are, maybe a great place for you to be. Yep. And if it doesn't, it's okay. It's okay. Somebody sent me a mastermind recently and they were like, oh my gosh, you'd be so perfect in this mastermind. You've got to join. And then when I looked at it, it was for startups and new businesses. <laughs> so thanks, but no. Yeah. Not the room I want to be in. You'd be the hero. And that's not the role you want to be in. Not the room I want to be in. And that's okay. It's okay. Yep. So now, if you are at that place where you are a service-based business and you've reached that kind of pinnacle and you, you're wondering what's next for you, then Dean's Mastermind might be a place for you to be. We're going to drop a link down in the description to Dean's Mastermind. Go check it out. Go evaluate and make this your first evaluation of a mastermind. Maybe Dean's right for you. If it's not, no problem. Go find someone else who, who is. But here is the key, going back to where we started. You want to have explosive growth in your company? You, my friend, you have to grow. And the best way to do that is around like-minded people who are going to stretch you, pull you, and force you to grow inside of a mastermind. Dean, as always, it was a pleasure, buddy. Always good to see you. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.